We are able to bring you these weekly podcasts through the financial support of our members and friends. If you are helping to sustain the ongoing work of our church with your regular donations, thank you. If you would like to make a one-time or recurring donation, visit the donate page on our website, ucofh.org, or text 833-610-0867. Thank you for helping to share worship and messages of hope with the wider community during these unprecedented times. Welcome to the United Church of Heinsberg podcast on Pentecost Sunday, 2020. We are a community-centered church in rural Vermont, celebrating together virtually during the 2020 COVID-19 pandemic. As an open and affirming church with ties to the American Baptist, United Methodist, and United Church of Christ denominations, we're glad you're here. I'm Rev. Jared Hamilton, the pastor of UCH. Sammy Anksman has provided music for this episode, including Albert Almanreich's spinning song. The lesson for today comes from the Gospel of John, chapter 7, verses 37 through 39, and Acts, chapter 2, verses 1 through 21. There will be a short homily and service of morning prayers. Let's get started. The Gospel lesson for Pentecost is John chapter 7, verses 37 through 39. On the last day of the festival, the great day, while Jesus was standing there, he cried out, Let anyone who is thirsty come to me, and let the one who believes in me drink. As the scripture has said, Out of the believer's hearts shall flow rivers of living water. Now, He said this about the Spirit, which believers in him were to receive. For as yet there was no Spirit, because Jesus was not yet glorified. The Epistle lesson for Pentecost Sunday is Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 21. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. And suddenly from heaven there came a sound like the rush of a violent wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues as of fire appeared among them, and a tongue rested on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them ability. Now there were devout Jews from every nation under heaven living in Jerusalem. And at this sound the crowd gathered and was bewildered because each one heard them speaking in the native language of each. Amazed and astonished, they asked, Are not all of these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear, each of us, in our own native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene, and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs, 
In our own languages, we hear them speaking about God's deeds of power. All were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, What does this mean? But others sneered and said, They are filled with new wine. But Peter, standing with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed them, People of Judea and all who live in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and listen to what I say. Indeed, these are not drunk, as you suppose, for it is only nine o'clock in the morning. No, this is what was spoken through the prophet Joel. In the last days it will be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Even upon my servants, both men and women, in those days I will pour out my spirit, and they shall prophesy. And I will show portents in the heavens above, and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and smoky mist. The sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to blood, before the coming of the Lord's great and glorious day. Then everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. took the better part of last week off to get the garden in in our new home. My wife and I have kept a garden every year of our lives together, with a few rare exceptions. I see the planting of the garden as an essential marker in the year, a ritual of sorts that announces the arrival of our warm season here in Vermont, when we spend more hours outside and made happier by the warm sun. Where we live now in the mountains, spring comes a little later, but when it happens, it seems like everything turns green overnight. This year, with new land, more space, and more wildlife, we've spent a great deal of time together clearing, digging, putting in fencing, planting, chasing away chipmunks, and watering. 
find all of this exciting and hopeful, a reminder that even during these strange times of pandemic, there is a cadence to the natural world that goes mostly uninterrupted. Throughout human history, the planting and harvesting of crops have been celebrated with festivals and religious rituals, acknowledging the deep connection we have to the land. A festival celebrating the harvest is the context for our Pentecost story from Acts. It is the first century CE, and you live in the Judean countryside. You have been busy these last, last seven weeks. You have gone up to Jerusalem recently for the Passover feast. And this year, there was a lot of commotion. Jesus, a prophet from the sticks of Galilee, has caused a ruckus in the temple and emboldened a crowd. He was arrested and crucified. You heard rumors about his body disappearing from the tomb where he was laid. And some even said they saw him, that he was somehow resurrected. But you didn't have time for your own investigation of these events. The barley you had planted last autumn was ready for harvest. So you rushed home, and for the next three weeks, it's barley, barley, and more barley. Cutting and gathering, threshing, winnowing, and sifting, and putting away for the year. A good harvest this year, for sure. And after the barley is finally done, around the middle of May, you look on your other fields, and the wheat that you also planted last autumn is ready. It's a stressful time, because most of your year's earnings come from the work done during these seven weeks. So you go out again and cut and gather, thresh and winnow and sift, and you put away the grain, and you are tired but you are thankful for a good harvest. And out of gratitude and because of your religious tradition, you load your donkey or maybe a cart with some barley and some wheat, and you go up to Jerusalem again. When you get to Jerusalem, you make arrangements to stay with a friend, and you take some of your grain to a baker, who mills the grain and makes two loaves of bread. And in the early, early morning on the day of Pentecost, also called Shavuot, you join the procession and festivities. People from all over the known world are waking up in the city. Parthians and Medes, Elamites and people from what was once Babylon are there, folks from Cappadocia and Pontus, and from the Far East, and from places in modern-day Turkey, and from Egypt, and further south in Africa, and from Western Africa make the journey as well. And people from the Mediterranean islands, and even people from the capital of the empire, Rome, are there to celebrate the harvest. It's loud and people are talking in different languages. And it's such a busy place. Farmers like you take baskets woven with gold and silver and fill them with wheat and barley, grapes and figs, pomegranates, olives and dates, all symbols of the bounty of the land. This is the start of the festivities. They load the basket on oxen, whose horns are gilded and laced with garlands of flowers, and who are led in a grand procession through the streets toward the temple. There is music and laughter everywhere, a time for merrymaking. When the procession gets to the temple, 
the baskets are taken in, and everyone follows with their two loaves of bread as an offering of the first fruits of the harvest. In the temple there is preaching and reading of the holy scriptures, and the community sings the psalms and other hymns together, and then people go out from the temple and enjoy the day. After the ceremony, you sit down for a late breakfast, enjoying the company of friends when you hear something, a loud wind like a tornado, and in Jerusalem of all places. You run out of the house and see a great commotion just down the street. People are gathering to see what has happened. Among the gathered crowds, some are talking about the deeds of God and the work of Jesus, the prophet that was killed a few months ago. They say that he has risen and that the Spirit of God has fallen, fallen on these people. And one of them speaks, and the others translate, and the speaker, who calls himself Peter, talks about a faith that is available to all people, one where everyone has the Spirit of God in them. Someone says that these guys are drunk, but Peter says that that's not the case. It's too early for that, and that makes the crowd chuckle. What about it, you think? Imagine a God that is always with me, and not just here in the temple or here during special events. Imagine a God that is with me in my fields and in my home, in my travels and in my planning, in my community and in the world. I love the story of the day of Pentecost because the Holy Spirit is described as the full presence of God that meets people where they are. The charismatic gift described here about uh, allows Jesus' disciples to speak to people in their own language. They didn't need to learn Hebrew or Greek or Aramaic or Latin to have access to God. And the Spirit of God, described here by Peter, is for everyone, for the children and the elderly, for free men and women and those in slavery. Religion, true religious faith, is perhaps to be lived out every day in a wide variety of expressions and experiences. And this day, Pentecost Sunday, is celebrated in Christianity as the birth of the Church. It serves as a reminder of the, the diversity and inclusiveness of God's Holy Spirit. When we gather, we are made better by each person's talents, gifts, perspectives, and understandings, along with their drives and causes. We are better because God is in our lives in a variety of different ways. And when we gather, we get to share our lives with one another. I also think that it is vital for us to understand the context of Pentecost and its roots in an agrarian festival that celebrates God's provision at the harvest. The COVID-19 pandemic has gotten many people thinking about our food system and how we interact with our environment. This year, people in the U.S. and likely other places are planting more vegetable gardens than in previous years. Seed companies are seeing a spike in sales and some garden centers around here even are running out of starts. During World War II, governments in the U.S., United Kingdom, Canada, Australia, and Germany encouraged people to plant vegetable gardens to supplement rations and boost morale. These victory gardens, or war gardens, were used to help relieve some of the pressure a long and drawn-out war placed on the country's food systems. The government posters from this era are worth googling and have catchy phrases like, 
dig on for victory, and your victory garden counts more than ever. It is often assumed that planting vegetable gardens is done only by people with land, but little gardens popped up all over cities during World War II. There are images of Londoners growing vegetables and bomb craters, turning a scar into this beautiful image of new life. Today, with the growth of community gardens and the rise of guerrilla gardening, many folks can plant a few vegetables here and there. The pandemic has also helped people get out in nature. I know my family and I have spent a lot more time outside exploring woods, taking walks, and, visit and visiting trails. We often see others, too, making sure to keep our distance, of course, which is easy to do when you're outside. The outdoors have been a reprieve for all of us who have had to stay at home, a way of breaking out of our four walls without endangering ourselves or others. And during the crisis of the Great Depression, the WPA, or Works Projects Administration, hired unemployed artists to make paintings, murals, and other graphic art to promote everything Feel from free museums to, join me to public saying health. the prayer of our Savior, followed Perhaps by a the most prayer iconic for all of God's though, creation, or the National Park posters. Our Father, who art in chances heaven, are you've seen at least be one thy of them name. before. Thy kingdom come. These wonderfully thy crafted will be done. prints encourage folks to explore the national parks. Give us this and advertise day our the free daily services bread. provided and by the Department of the as we forgive those who during times of human crisis, upheaval, and lead us not into temptation. It can be difficult to find gratitude evil. or to be thankful. For thine is the kingdom. And it can the be power tricky to see God as forever. always with us, Amen. providing and supporting us along the way when we feel isolated or we're jobless or hungry. These feelings are not new to humanity, but are perhaps feelings we are experiencing these days to some degree. Yet, on this day, when God's presence in everyone is announced, in the context of harvest and nature, we might do well to remember the long game. Seasons change. The earth produces what we need for nourishment and for beauty. And there is still a bright future ahead of us. May God bless you and keep you close to the land this week. Amen. Loving God, we pray for all people. Because of the pandemic, we continue to be away from each other, separated from our communities and loved ones. Comfort us and give us hope as we await a time when we can see each other face to face. Pour out your blessing on us, O Lord, and send us your spirit of peace. We pray for the earth, Help us to see the scars that mark your good creation and to seek the blessing of life that you offer to all of your creatures. And pour out your blessing, O Lord, 
and send your spirit of peace. We pray for all nations. Show us how good and pleasant it is when people live together in unity and anoint us with your wisdom so that we may seek the ways of life. Pour out your blessing, O Lord, and send us your spirit of peace. We pray for the church. Let your church be a living sign of the risen Christ, sharing the gift of forgiveness and the gospel of reconciliation. Pour out your blessing, O Lord, and send us your spirit of peace. We pray for loved ones. There are people and places on our hearts and minds right now. Hear our prayers and petitions during this moment of silence. By the blessing of your Spirit, help us to live as we pray, so that the world may come to know the gift of life in Christ our Lord. Amen. Life is short, and we do not have long to gladden the hearts of those around us. So be quick to love and do good to your neighbor, and allow God to journey with you all of your days. Go now in peace.